Hello, everybody. Happy Monday and welcome to the Falcon cast. We have a fun show planned for you today. Uh, my man Joe Spano is going to join me. We'll talk a little college basketball. We'll hit a little bit of everything and, uh, you know, probably get to some dumb stuff as well. But I uh, uh, hope everyone is having a great, great afternoon. I hope you had a great weekend. I hope it was better than mine was. We're going to get to that in a second. And, um, you know, we're going to talk about something a little serious for a couple of minutes and then we're going to get to... Uh, and this is the time we'll be doing five o'clock. Jerry Bow and I will be starting uh, noon to two next Monday, uh, and it will be Wrinkled Money. Uh, basically, replace this past. I may just keep doing the Monday afternoon when I haven't decided yet. Uh, I'm not in any position to be making decisions right now. But uh, then we'll be doing Friday. Thursday will still be AJ, but there will be one more podcast in there somewhere because I want to continue to have people like Joe on, and um, you know. Uh, Greg Frank and people like that. Uh, so I'll, I'll be figuring that out. But um, we've got uh, a lot of cool stuff going on. First, I got to tell you about the Phoenix on Westheimer. Uh, now's the time to get over there. It is the best soccer bar in Houston. Uh, you always get Premier League, you got Champions League going on. Uh, great food, great staff. Uh, and uh, they, I've never had a bad meal over there. And they always have specials. So please check that out. It's on Westheimer, real easy to find. And uh, give those guys an opportunity to entertain you. He's a great guy. Welcome in, Chuck. Welcome in, Flip. So uh, I'm going to start the show off today with uh, uh, not, not a good story, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. And, um, but it's something that I know other people are dealing with a lot worse. But uh, if you saw the show on Thursday, a lot of people thought I was, uh, hey, Raj, what's up, brother? A lot of people thought I was drunk which uh, I had three drinks while I was there, but something was really off. And as it turned out, I, you know, I'm, I've been making a lot of dumb decision, decisions lately, and one of them was taking a piece of an edible from somebody that I didn't know where it came from. And it turns out it was laced with some really bad shit. And uh, by the end of the show, uh, I, I couldn't walk, I couldn't move. Uh, thankfully, the people at the Maple Leaf, and, and it had nothing to do with the Maple Leaf, that it did not happen there. Let me make that clear. They were great. Uh, they were nice enough to get me to a couch. And then my good friend Nate came and got me and uh, and called my friend Dana, and they, they got me home. And I, But I fell down about four times. And, I mean, just my body wasn't working. And welcome in Alan. Welcome in Behannon. Welcome in Flea um, and uh, Spirit, all you guys. But... Um, when I got home, I couldn't remember my dog's name, um, stuff like that. And everybody thought I was better, so they left, and I got up to go to bed and fell down. My body just quit working pretty hard. And uh, wound up, when I did wake up, just calling an ambulance and going to the emergency room. And um, I, I will say this. this heap. <laughs> uh, and as it green and found out that there was stuff in my body that I would never put in my body. And, uh, but the worst part was, you know, I've, I've been battling probably longer than I think. And, you know, talking to the doctor, it leads me to that because my mind isn't uh, where it should be. And, and this weekend, I mean, I have my moments where I'm fine. I, I'm, I'm remembering stuff from, from Rick and Morty season three, episode four. And then I'm having moments where I go out for a cigarette and I'm looking for my lighter and it's in my damn hand. And, um, and I really started to, uh, um, and I really started to learn a lot about uh, concussions because, you know, I had one, I know I had one a couple of weeks ago, but you know, this is probably the same concussion. And um, it, it, there's little things that make it really hard to focus at times. And, you know, I never paid any attention to it when athletes would start doing stuff late in life. You go, what the hell? And you find out later they've got CTE or something like that. Basically, didn't realize how bad what I'm dealing with is. So, I'm, I mean, I'm going to be fine. And I hope you guys are patient with me. Uh, I might say something stupid and actually not be me, uh, which I did on, on Thursday's podcast. I mean, it was a fun, fun podcast. And, and unfortunately I accidentally deleted it. 
So it's off of everything. Uh, it's one of the things I did when I, you know, wasn't thinking. And, uh, you know, now I, I, I feel normal. And I, I got to say, you know, the, the, the drinking on top of stuff like that doesn't help. And so I've cut way back. Well, I mean, I've had two days. Uh, I'm not going to be going out for a while. A uh, doctor would like me to stay home. And I'm fortunate that I can do my work from here, uh, except when, when Kira's being a butt. Notice I got her name right. Uh, and, uh, but, uh, it, it is, it is scary. I'm not going to lie to you guys and sit here and say, oh man, I'll be fine. Uh, the doctors told me, man, I, I may never, my brain may never work quite the same. And B. Hannon mentions junior say I'll struggle with that. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, obviously I didn't take all the hits like he did in football, but I've had at least 27 concussions in my life. And like I said, I, I think three in the last month and it may be the same one. I don't know. But uh, it's something that I, I'm going to be dealing with. And uh, I'm, I mean, I, you know, and I hate to start the show off on a serious note because we do have some fun stuff. UH is number one, baby. Hey, uh, and we'll get to that in a second. But, um, but no, it, it's just uh, I've always been honest with you guys. And you've always I've always thought of all of you as, as, as friends, even the ones who hated me. And so um, I wanted to, to be honest now. And. You know, there's little stuff like forgetting people's names, which I'm never good at. But I mean, people I've known for a long time and I'm like, hey, um, I'm kind of embarrassed to ask you this. But uh, it, it's kind of like when you put somebody in your phone and you forget you forget to put their name on it. And then you, you got to go back and ask them their name again. And um, yeah, so and spirit asks, is Louisiana Poke turning off? Well, I, I don't know yet. Uh, I, I feel better today. I hope to feel better tomorrow. And the only problem is, is that my stake basically went to uh, pay for my hospital stay. And uh, it was uh, it was that was a scary experience as well, because I, I actually did stop breathing for about a minute and, you know, found that out later. And I am and I know it was the drugs or the concussions. But boy, I saw some really cool shit. And if that's the afterlife. Hey, guys. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll see you in the next slide. <coughs> but <coughs> sorry, guys. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, something I got to deal with, and I will. And um, you know, it, it is just a little scary because your brain—the brain is the last. I mean, this is all I have left is my mind. And now, if I'm going to lose that, then you know, what do you do? I mean, it, it's uh, and our health is the most important thing. And I hope that you know that anybody who's out there dealing with some shit you know, that you can get yourself healthy, please do it. Take care of yourself because, um, you know, th th and this is one where I, I, it's hard to take care of myself other than just stay home and not go out and do anything because the concussions are, make me prone to bad decisions and stuff that I would never do and stuff that I would never say. And like I said, there was nothing wrong with the pod. I was, uh, there were a couple things where I, I was a little over animated, I guess, but, uh, I, I just, I feel like that wasn't me and yeah, I'm gonna try to get, get back to being me today. So anyway, I didn't mean to bring everybody down with, with this on the first segment, but I just felt you should know. And, you know, if you notice me doing stupid shit on here, don't be afraid to say something. Because the one thing I've kind of found out is if I can focus on what I'm doing wrong, I, uh, I, I can sort of get things back on track and, and focus on the right things. And it's so stupid. I remember every play from that UH Baylor game, every single play. I remember every single shift from the Leafs beating the Avalanche Saturday night. But then there were other stuff that happened that day that I have no recollection of whatsoever. So it's just going to be a process. And uh, welcome in, Joey B. Uh, and, and hopefully I'll get past it and, you know, uh, if I can get past it and if I can't, then I'll do as many podcasts as I can before my, uh, my fucking brain melts. And see, I think it was the aliens, you know, I've, I've talked about aliens and friend them. I think one of them has melted my brain. So that's what it is. Welcome in Joe. <laughs> Well, we took we took the serious and we made it lighthearted at the end. So I guess from here on out, we're going to have some fun. And I'm glad to see you're out the other side, so to speak, and uh, on the road to recovery. That's always good news. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if I'm, I'm 
on the road to recovery. I just know that I'm, I'm lucid and I'm trying not to, to drink very much and, uh, you know, make fun of myself because that's what I always do. And, and guys feel free to make fun of me. All right. If I'm coming off as, as an idiot, I, I don't want to use that as an excuse. I want to have fun with it. However much I can. So you know, with all this, with all right. this falling down, we might have to get your suit of armor to, to walk around and be safer. Uh, oh, no. You know what I need to do? I need to get one of those, like, little kid helmets. You know? <laughs> that way, when I follow me, like, thunk. You know? But, um, but yeah, that, that's – and the problem is, you know, whenever I fall, if my head doesn't hit something, which it usually does, your neck snaps, right? And it's like the Dale Earnhardt thing. Um, and, you know, and it scrambles shit up there. And there's some, I mean, there's a lot of shit in there that I'd be okay not remembering. Like, there's a couple wives. You know, we, we lose those memories. That's fine. But, you know, I do have some good memories. Um, most of them involving hot tubs and beautiful women. But, you know, eh, that's about it. But, you know, the, the other thing, too, in the, in the doctor, and I, 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 said, I don't want to belabor this too much, but the doctor was telling me, he was asking me, or, you know, do you still take joy out of the things you love? And I was thinking about it, and Flea uh, <laughs> wants to get up, go fund me for a rascal scooter. Yeah, you know what? I'm a little, <laughs> uh, I love that. I, no, but I'm legitimately thinking about getting like a a, uh, a wire line on my stairs that I can latch my belt to, so that I don't fall on the stairs. So short bus yeah. works. Yeah, but um, the uh, the reality is. See, now I just forgot where my, my train of thought was. See, that's that's one of the things. Um, but, you know, I, I, yeah, never mind. <laughs> See, that's, that's why I, I, I was making a point, and then I jump on and read to everybody. And, uh, yeah, this is what happens when you have an alien fried brain. So, um, but yeah, but what was I talking about? I was, I was about to make a point. I don't remember. See, okay, so this is the kind of shit that you're going to have to deal with, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, but... Anyway, but you know, I was talking about the things I could remember and couldn't remember, and, and right. And then you were talking about getting kind of like a, almost like a zip line for the stairs, so that way, hey, because you you were talking about the fact that falling is bad enough, but the stairs, between what it does to the rest of your body and what it could do to your head, you really got to worry about that. So you want to take some precautions there. You were kind of diving into that and going from yeah, there. And my my landlord's back, so I'm going to talk to him about getting that installed, but. Yeah, the main, the main thing is, uh, but we were talking about poker earlier, and I, I just, that was my bankroll, went to the fucking hospital for something that, you know, I would have never, I, I never do that, man. I have the edibles I take, I get specifically from Colorado, and they're all wrapped, and I don't have to worry about them. But, I, but one of the policemen told me, this is really common right now, that they're spiking edibles. I'm like, well, fuck that. I ain't, I'm never taking another edible from somebody I don't know. The problem is I, I barely remember doing it. It was the next day before I kind of started be, being able to trace my shit back. So, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, no, with, is, do, you, do, you, do you still love things in life? The things I, I take joy out of. Uh, and welcome in, Miss D. Bounds. Dana was really helpful this weekend. And she kept an eye on me. Uh, and uh, she, she and her son, Ethan, got me home Thursday night. <laughs> Lamont says it's called old. Yeah, it's old on top of us. Uh, but... Yeah, no, I haven't been taking joy out of things, like even poker. And, you know, Jerry and I get, get to talking, and all of a sudden I'm all excited about it again. And, you know, they tell me that's a common thing. And then that leads to depression because you're not enjoying things anymore. So, you know, I, I spent today after I got ready for the podcast uh, watching Rick and Morty, making myself laugh, and just chilling. And, and it's, you know, that, that's the kind of stuff I have to get back to that. And I, I don't, you know, I have fun doing the podcasts, and that's why I may just add a bunch of them for no reason, um, because I like coming in here and talking to everybody, and, you know, and, you know, we've always talked about life, you know, going back to me and AJ, and even me and, and, and uh, Philly Greg, I mean, life was always a part of the shows, and this is it's a part of life, and it's not a good one right now, but you know what, fuck it, um, it's you know, it's been, a, it's been such a bad year, and I keep thinking, it can't get any worse, it can't get any worse. And oh, sure. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm like, well, the only thing that's going to make it worse is, and, and the truth is, and I'll, I'll be honest about this, if I'd taken any more of that edible, I'm probably not here today. And, wow. 
uh, because the it was a lot that they. I mean, and, and I just took a tiny piece, man, because that's what I always do the first time. A uh, you know, I try a new edible because I want right. to make sure I don't overdo it. And I always take you know just for back pain and, and shit like that. I, I don't take enough to get high. Uh, it's just you know enough to relax and 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 things. So I'm very fortunate that that's all I did. And I did reach out to the person who gave it to me, and turns out he so wound up with the same thing uh, in the hospital. Oh. And uh, but I mean, the hospital was great. The guys at the Maple Leaf were fantastic. I can't thank them enough. I can't thank Nate enough. I can't thank Dana enough, and Ethan. And um, you know, they 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 kept an eye on me this weekend. And you know, as as I went through it, and Dana kind of saw me go through both phases, where you know, what's my dog's name? And uh, versus I'm remembering shit from 20 years ago when we used to do karaoke together over on the other side of town and stuff like that. And, and I did have like a, a little bit Saturday night where I was actually really good. And I probably could have gone and done something. But right now I'm just trying to be careful. But anyway, uh, I do remember every fucking shot from that UH game on Saturday. Let's get to some college basketball, brother. Um, UH and Baylor and... Uh, uh, the um bear bear brother what what i miss you being in the hospital drank too much you're gonna have to go back and listen uh and i, I mean <laughs> yeah we're not yeah, doing this again yeah, I'm, I'm show sorry, will be over I, I can't i can't repeat the whole thing you know you're gonna have to go back and listen from the uh is number one i don't know if uh i don't know if they're the best team in the country but they have the best resume and one of the things that drives me nuts, and, and we'll get to kind of the game a little, and, and Baylor, I have some thoughts on Baylor too. That's a really good basketball team, but they've got eight one possession losses now. What does yes. that tell you? And that what that tells you is what fucking fuck them in the tournament, man, uh, because you're going to have one possession games, and that gets in your head, just like whatever the alien thing is in my head. But. Uh, but one thing that drove me nuts, so, so ESPN was doing college game day, and of course they're doing it at stores, right, for the UConn game. Mm -hmm. and, uh, this drives me nuts. And you're an East Coaster, so I don't want to have to lump you into all this, but you can, yeah, answer, lump. You can answer in for me. Um, fucking Jay Billis and all guys. I know they're right. And... and all they were talking about is, oh, UConn's team. They're coming off a loss, by the way. Let's let's mention that. They off a loss. Oh, they're the best team. They've separated themselves from Purdue. And, like, no mention of UH during yeah, – except the girl who was on the panel, who I, I think played at UConn. I don't know who she is. She's actually pretty good. Um, she came, but said, well, what about Houston? Have you seen them play defense? And of course, Jay Billis is just completely dismissive. Because he's a fucking ACC uh, Big East guy. And it really doesn't matter who the – I mean, he's dismissive of Purdue, too, which was kind of pissing me off because I know Purdue's a tournament team. And they had a UConn this week, too. So congratulations to uh, anyone from Purdue who might be listening. But I'm, I'm kind of curious your thoughts because it just seems like nobody's taking them seriously. And you, you look at their resume. Unless the Big 12 is actually a fraud, which I don't think it is. Unless a big twelve, it's not. Fraud, they have far the best resume in all of college basketball right now. Better than UConn. We talked about. Uh, oh yeah, we we talked about this before. You know, early in the college basketball season, we kind of alluded to the fact that unlike in years past when Houston was part of the American, they scheduled you know a couple of semi-tough non-conference games. But they gave themselves a much lighter non-conference schedule because of the meat grinder that is the Big 12. Big 12 is the best basketball conference in America, bar none, no question. Yeah, there's a couple of doormats at the bottom, but top to bottom, this is the deepest and best conference in America. They're at the top of it, and they play the best defense in the country and are top 20 offense. This is right now the best team in America. And hey, you know what? Ignore them. Everybody. 
you know, it, it, you ignore them. Ignore them at, at your own risk because they're tournament tested. They're proven. You know, they've got a tremendous head coach. They're going to learn from some losses late in the tournament. They bring that defense, which is going to help them win those one possession games. Offensively, I think they're improved over the recent past where they were prone to scoring droughts. I don't think they're nearly as prone to those droughts as they are in years past. I think Houston's incredibly dangerous. You know, you mentioned Baylor, and you talked about all those one-score losses. It's because they don't play elite defense. They're an elite offensive team, but Baylor's a team that struggles to get big stops in big spots, and that will show as they advance through the tournament. I think that's going to be an issue. UConn's a tremendous team on both ends of the floor, but I don't think they're better than Houston, and you can't tell me the Big East is tougher than the Big 12, and neither of those teams played a tough non-conference schedule. Houston's was actually better than UConn's. So Houston, to me, is the best team in the country. UConn is probably next. Um, Purdue, you know, I make Purdue a begrudging third. Yeah, you know, and it's not just because of the recent past tournament failures. Because I, I think they're a better team this year than those teams the last couple of years. I think their defense is much better. Their big problem is their stud can be styled out of the ball game. You know, when, 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 you know, when your star is Zach Eady, first of all, you have to get him the ball as opposed to him having the ball in his hands all the time. Second of all, when you have it, that old-fashioned post-up center, in today's brand of basketball, a smart head coach can scheme him out of the game. Not that he's going to be physically off the floor, but you can scheme to limit his effectiveness not on the offensive end, but you can make him a defensive liability, which makes it a challenge for Purdue. So I think for those reasons, Purdue may face some of the troubles in the tournament that they faced the last couple of years just because a player like Edie is going to struggle on the defensive end in the tournament. And as a result, Purdue may struggle to get those key stops and key spots, and they may get upended somewhere. Um. Yeah, a couple things. I mean, I think uh, – I, I do think with Purdue, what we saw in the tournament last year, he got triple teamed and they get upset. Um, and, and I think he's better this year, though, and I think they found better ways to use him. And UConn's got two terrific big men. So I think when we get to the tournament, just because I think UH has the best resume right now, I don't know that I would take them over either of those teams uh, just from an inside matchup. Samson would find a way to, to scheme against Edie. And, and the other thing I want to say, are still prone to those scoring droughts. And we saw it in the second half on Saturday. Uh, the difference is, and he just didn't have a great second half, but Jamal Shedd's a guy who, all right, the other team goes on an 8-0 run, Jamal Shedd takes the ball and scores. It's that simple. Now, he, he was like 0 for 9 before that shot at the buzzer, which, oh, man, I wish the game had ended that way. That was so beautiful, and, I mean, it was just a tick late. And if you didn't see the game, uh, Baylor uh, has a guy who hadn't scored the whole game, gets a tying basket and is fouled, uh, misses the free throw. UH gets the rebound, gets it out to shed. He rushes up the court. It was a three from about three quarters. And, unfortunately, the buzzer, I mean, it was right past the buzzer. And um, so it didn't count, but UH dominated overtime. And, you know, that, that's a hell of a week to beat the number six team and the number 11 team on the road. And one of the things I've noticed about the road games in these big conferences is the home teams almost always are getting the foul advantage. And I, I, I mean, almost every game I watch like that now. And that, I think that makes a difference as to why we're seeing such home and road splits. One other thing I'll say about the Cougars is they've gotten better on the road since they lost those three. Well, the, the Kansas game, uh, they just got their ass kicked. That's the only game they played all year where you look at it and go, wow. I mean, Iowa State, they missed free throws at the end, which is another flaw. They could have won that game. Uh, they they should have won TCU. TCU got a, a basket at the end there that uh, never should have happened. Uh, Kansas 
carved them up pretty good. But, you know, that's the thing. I think these, these road games, it's your losses that tell you as much about teams as wins. And I'm pretty excited about, about this team. And, you know, I'm not ready yet. You know, I, I am a fan of this particular team, but there's also, and I, and, and, you know, I played this game with, uh, with uh, Philly Greg last week where we went, we went through and looked at all, all the top 25 teams and who we thought might be able to win. And I think the Iki good team that may not be atop their conference right now that could be there. Now, now Tennessee, I, I'm not saying so. So if you haven't seen the top five or UH Purdue, UConn, Tennessee, Marquette. Uh, you could have Tennessee. That's a team that I know can't win in the tournament because Rick Barnes has never done it. Uh, Marquette, any thoughts on Marquette? You know, there's a team that's balanced. They're good offensively. They're elite defensively. They're well coached. You know, I think that I think that's definitely a team that can get there. Uh, you know, I, I think they're one, obviously. You know, you, you and to circle back to Houston. I do think they are a team that, that can get there. You know, you mentioned they're still a little prone to those those offensive droughts. I, I, I think you'd agree with me, not nearly as much as in recent past. And having the go-to guy, the guy, and they've had go-to guys before, but having the guy that is just like, hey, we need a bucket, go get us a bucket now and stop this 8-0 run. That's a classic example, and we saw it Saturday. That's something they have that maybe they haven't had even when they've had star players. So I definitely think Houston's one that can get there. I, I like Marquette. I think they can get there. They they don't have a ton of size, but they have enough. You mentioned UConn, two bigs, athletes on the perimeter, well-coached. You know, again, of the top five, the one that worries me the most is Purdue just because of how they're built and how they're constructed and how basketball in 2024 can scheme a traditional old school pivot player uh, to the point where, yes, he gets his on offense, but he gives up even more on defense and it puts you in a, in a precarious position. So. For me, of that top five, I think Purdue is probably the hardest pressed to win the whole thing. Yeah, I'll go with Tennessee on that one uh, because I, I still think that – I mean, I think they're phony, and I think they're overrated. And, um, you know, one more thing about UH that I'll throw in there. It's not just Jamal Shedd. Uh, when he's on the floor, especially – and I don't know why, on road games especially, Juwan Roberts can get his own shot inside. And he's another guy that can stop a bad scoring drought. And there's times when I'm like, yeah, I just want Shedder Roberts shooting the ball and get Damian Dunn off the damn court. Uh, but they, they're, they've got the two guys who can do it. And I think uh, Emmanuel Sharp is turning into a, a really good third option scorer who's only going to get better. And, and I really, I think moving forward, that, that's going to be pretty cool. A couple other teams I wanted to get to. I think Kansas can still win it. I'm worried about their depth. Um, Iowa State, I think, is very similar to Houston, just not as good, but if they get the right draw. North Carolina's number nine. I think they're good enough. Duke, you know, those guys. Uh, the, the team I'm really intrigued by is number 11, Auburn, uh, because they can score. And, you know, they uh, – people overlook them a little bit, but that is a really, really good basketball team. And um, you know, just kind of you – know, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, they can score. They can defend. And they are 10 deep of elite talent. Yeah. You know, they can come at you in waves. And, you know, this may end up being a factor in the tournament where they've got 10, 11 guys. You know, they're, they're a team. Somebody gets in foul trouble, and it matters a lot less for the Auburn Tigers than it does for just about any of these elite programs in college basketball because the guy behind the starter is almost as good as the starter. It, it, it's just a a very deep, extremely balanced team that can score the ball. Uh, they, you know, they defend well as well. You know, they, they, they're not a lot of flaws there. Deep, talented, well coached. Been, you know, played a tough conference schedule. Uh, they played a, a 
a decent non-conference schedule, so they're battle-tested. Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't sleep on Auburn. They can be incredibly dangerous. They are an incredibly dangerous team. Iowa State, I think in many ways, like years past, and again, they surprised me with what they've done this year and how close to the top of the Big 12 they are. Elite defensively, no question, like they are every year. I think even better than most years. Offensively, I think you would agree they are a step or two behind every one of the teams we've talked about thus far, and they will have more trouble scoring in big spots against elite defenses than any of the other teams we've discussed thus far, and I think that could be their undoing unless they get the right draw in the tournament. All right, a couple more teams to, to get through real quick, and then I have to uh, tell you about something going on. Uh, with the H Association at the University of Houston. But uh, Creighton at 12, uh, not a fan. Same thing with Illinois at 13. Uh, Alabama at 14, I think, is is capable of a run. Um, but they've been a little disappointing to me. And then Baylor's at 15. We, we've already talked about them. I think where my possibilities end is Kentucky at 16. I, I still think Kentucky's got it in them to make a run. Uh, they're not as good as they've been in the past, but they've got some really good players. And I, I think that's the one team that if you're going to take somebody pretty far down, uh, I, I like Kentucky. I got to agree with you because what we haven't seen from Kentucky is them healthy all year. They right. almost never put out their entire starting lineup or their entire eight, nine deep rotation. Every time you watch a Kentucky game, somebody's out. So we really don't know how good they are. Again, here's another team that's definitely elite offensively. They have not defended well or consistently well this year. So if they can get healthy and have their top eight or nine ready for the tournament at 100%, get a few games under under them with that entire core group intact, yeah, yeah I, I, I could see them making a run. Alabama? I think the game has to go right for them. Right. They can run you out of the gym. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that there's a a team in the country that from a pure points per possession standpoint can keep up with Alabama. You know, I mean, it, it comes out of the basket, goes in the basket. The problem is they're very vulnerable defensively. Yeah. So... You know, when you start getting oh, deeper in the tournament they, they and you get against 17 to Kentucky on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. So when you start getting elite teams in the tournament, you got to get stops in key spots. They don't get stops. You know, they, they, they you know, their basketball games, they're, they're, they're scoring in NBA numbers. You know, they're, they're, they're having college basketball games at 40 minutes. The two teams are putting up 200 points. So that's my concern there. Again, I think Kentucky. I think Kentucky can go deep. I'm not so sure about Alabama, but they'll certainly be fun to watch in each and every game they play right up until they get knocked out because it's a track meet, man. Well, it's interesting to me because, um, you know, those are teams that they get a couple early wins and then the bad matchups get upset or something. That's where I could see them making a run, right? Because that's part of the tournament. It's like you're, you're supposed to play Arizona. Well, they're out. And you you get you know some twelve seed that upset them that doesn't really belong there. So uh, anyway, I want to welcome. It's great. In, uh, I want to welcome in uh, Pelly Rat. I want to welcome in poor Marine. Uh, thanks thanks to all you guys for listening today. We'll we'll get some other sport next. Uh, but right now, I have to tell you about a really cool thing that's going on with the H Association. As you guys know, I'm a little bit of a UH guy. Um, my my landlord is part of uh, UH royalty. Uh, my favorite bar is a place for UH former track athletes and, at PJs. Uh, and I, uh, I've, I've spent my entire life, uh, the reason I went to UH was when I was a child, my dad was covering Guy Lewis's Cougars and I would be in the locker room and names nobody will remember like Pooh Welch were, were the players. And uh, one of the guys I'm gonna tell you about in a minute, Otis Birdsong, and, uh, you know, I grew up wanting to be a Cougar. And I, I think I've told the story. I turned down an opportunity for a scholarship elsewhere at a smaller place because I wanted to 
I wanted to go to UH and I worked my way through school there and I, I love it. I've been a UH fan ever since. Uh, well, since I was, I, I could barely breathe. Now, and then I had all those years at the Chronicles where I, the Chronicle where I couldn't be a fan, right? Because I had to be neutral on everything. Oh, everybody else there who worked with UT were all big UT fans, but that's okay. You know, I, I was, I was the boss. So uh, anyway, they've got a really cool thing coming up. The 46th annual H Association Barbecue. Uh, some great guests. Uh, Willie Fritz, you might have heard of him new football coach, uh, Chris Pesman, who's done an amazing job as athletic director. Uh, they've got some Cougar legends there like Otis Birdsong, Bo Burris, David Klingler, and uh, and the, the tickets are very reasonable, guys. Uh, one ticket is $25. You can get four for 85. This is gonna be Saturday, March 9th, from 11.30 to two at the Stadium Club at TDECU. And, um, it is also going to be prior to the tip off of uh, a game you might like, Houston versus Kansas, and the there's the sponsorships that you can you can buy and get six tickets for a two hundred fifty dollars sponsorship, a five hundred dollars sponsorship for ten, and a seven hundred and fifty dollars sponsorship for fourteen, and proceeds go to uh, senior rings for student athletes. All all of this goes to student athletes. So if you want to help out uh, the University of Houston and, and the athletes, and not just, I mean, look, the football players are great. The basketball players are amazing. But, you know, there's a lot of great sports there. And uh, you, you can help support them by going to this. And, look, I, I, I know a lot of people with the H Association that I, I consider really good friends, and they're all good people. So this is coming up. Uh, Dwight Davis has been added as a speaker. They got some auction items for you. There's two fishing trips and a hunting trip. And it all goes to student athletes. And once again, Saturday, March 9, before the Kansas game, 11.50 to 2 p.m. at, at the stadium, uh, TDECU Stadium. And uh, please, guys, even if you just buy one ticket for 25 bucks, go to this thing, see all the great Cougars that are going to be there, meet some of the people in the H Association, and um, barbecue, uh, hoops, barbecue, and drinks is how they're uh, touting it, but uh, 46 annual one. So, anyway, uh, just happy to uh, happy to be able to let the people know about that. All right, uh, have you uh, been following any uh, uh, the NFL offseason moves? Yeah, yeah. What, what what are you most interested in right now? Well, I got to be honest. What am I most in, what am I most interested what, what happens, in? Is it, are you going to tell me? Oh, what happens to Saquon Barkley? No, no. Okay. I know. I I know that. I I know what that's going to be. He's not coming back to the New York Giants. And it's funny, you know, talking about your Houston Texans. I read an article somewhere where they said that he would be a good fit there. You know, and he would be at the right price. You know, again, they. Barkley is not coming back to the Giants. He wants money that he just can't justify. Coming out of college, I thought Saquon Barkley was going to be a generational running back. He's not. He's a good back. Yeah. Very good back. But he's not a generational back. There are, I don't know, eight, ten running backs in the league better than Saquon Barkley. Um He's got plenty of mileage on him now. He's had a few injuries. He's not that same player that he was when he broke in as a rookie. So if I'm the Giants, I'm absolutely not paying him. I mean, I, I'm, I'm really, there, there's no way. Let somebody else pay him. It'll be somebody else's problem. Uh, but it was interesting. I saw, you know, an article that said the Texans would be a very good fit for him. I, I don't see them spending that kind of money on a, running back that's now getting into his mid-20s and would be on his second contract. I, I just, I I don't see it happening. I don't think it's a prudent decision, and I don't think it's consistent with what, you know, with what that organization is going to do. Now, you asked me what I'm most interested in, I got to be honest with you. It's looking at the top of this draft and looking at how these quarterbacks are going to shake out. You know, I, I think that's very interesting because you talked about it for some time. And, you know, everybody says Drake May, Caleb Williams, and they're sleeping on Jaden Daniels. And that would be a mistake. 
And I don't know how far he's going to drop, but if you're, you need a quarterback and you're somewhere in the vicinity of the top five or six and you can get up to three and he's there, I think it would be the prudent thing to do to go out and get him because I, I really do believe that he is this generation's uh, Lamar Jackson. The ability to be a difference maker with his legs and his arm and the surprising amount of polish that he has as a passer. Yes, there's going to need to be work to be done, but day one with his very, very unique skill set, he can be an impact player at the quarterback position. And I think the potential is incredibly high for that player to be extremely, extremely special, Fred. So that's really yeah. what's interesting me right now. Yeah, I put on Jaden Daniels months ago when your Giants were really Yes, you did. And it said, this this needs to be your quarterback. Uh, but getting back to the running backs first, I, I've seen a lot of national media pushing Saquon Barkley and, and Derrick Henry to the Texans. And it's like, you know, there's a time when these guys were out, and I think uh, Henry especially – uh, I, I just don't see him. I don't think it's the right move. Uh, it, it'd be like adding Dalvin Cook last year. You know, it's like you know, they're they're not what they were, their names. I mean, Saquon might be able to turn it around, and, and Total Dallas brought up, you know, McCaffrey. Uh, and, um, oh, and by the way, I forgot to mention uh, where you can get tickets for the barbecue. And uh, uh, Kesson posted it on there. It's uhletterwinners.com. It is on the Twitch if you want to do it, you can just click right on it and get your tickets. But anyway, yeah, I think with Saquon, um, maybe he turns it around, but I'm not going to pay him $12 million a year to find out. Now, Houston, no. does, Houston does have a top five uh, cap space, and they're going to they need to spend some on defense. Uh, I, you know, and I, I disagree with a lot of the stuff. This is one of the things I kind of miss about when we were able to write our gallery columns. There's a lot of people out there saying, oh, Oh, they don't really need wide receivers. Nico Collins is going to get it. He should. He should get paid. Tank Dell will be back. That gives them a one-two. They need a mid-level guy. It's like, no, if Mike Evans wants to come to Houston, I want Mike Evans on Houston. And plus, it's hard to count on. I love Tank, but he's a tiny. And, you know, as long as you don't use him lead blocking on the goal line, he's probably fine. Um, but... You've got to use him the right way. And, you also got to remember when he when he tore that ACL. So this idea that he's going to be 100% ready and he's going to look like Tank Dell of 2023 on opening day, that's not necessarily the case. And the games you win in September count every bit as much in the standings as the games you win in December. So... Getting if you have the ability to get a number one receiver, which basically is a guy like in Mike Evans that you have to shade coverage towards, everybody else down that receiver depth chart just got better by the attention that Mike Evans takes away from them. You think Nico Collins was dominant last year? Well, he was dominant last year drawing double coverage every week. With Mike Evans there, he's not drawing double coverage. He just got that much better. Go out, get a contingency plan in the slot if Tank takes a while to heal and you've addressed your wide receiver position for 2024 and beyond. Yeah, I uh, I like the idea. And uh, B. Hannon says he would draft a running back. And uh, I uh, I agree. I, I, I'd prefer drafting a couple running backs and then hope you hit on one. I mean, you get great running backs in the second round. And Virginia mentioned Nico wasn't dominant without Tank. Yeah, they, there was an adjustment period there, and they lost some big plays. And I think uh, if somebody mentioned D-Hop, I, I would take D-Hop back. Um, Virginia says draft Bowers. I think he's long gone, man. That guy's a, probably a top five pick. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, intrigued by, I'm intrigued by the whole, you know, the whole draft thing. And if you can't tell, somebody's being a real jerk right now. So uh, – Joe, you talk on that while I get her back on her inside leash and get her calmed down. <laughs> yeah. now, there, there, there's time. a lot of intrigue, as you said, Freddie, about this about this draft. The quarterbacks at the top of the draft. That next tier 
of quarterbacks I think is also incredibly intriguing, Fred. The J.J. McCarthy's, uh, the Bo Nixes, the Michael Penixes. You know, that second wave of quarterbacks, I, I, I think, has a lot of intrigue because, you know, they've had the big production in Bo Nix and in Michael Penix. Uh, McCarthy production has been, you know, strong. You know, he doesn't have the volume of games that either Penix or or Bo Nix have under his belt, but the production's been good. But Penix and Nix, dominant production, elite production. There are questions on these guys, but there's also a large camp of uh, player personnel people around the NFL that think that Penix, Nix, and McCarthy can have incredible can can be winning NFL, maybe even elite NFL quarterbacks, and you won't have to take any of them in the top ten. JJ McCarthy's probably going to move up to a first round pick. I'm not sure you may be able to either snag Knicks and Penix at the very back of the first round by trading back in so that you get that fifth year. Right. Or if you decide to let him, those are quarterbacks you may be able to get in the second round. But what I seem to what the strategy seems to be these days is if you like a quarterback with a high second round tag, instead of actually letting him get to the second round, you trade back up into the back of the first round and you draft that quarterback so that you get that extra year on the rookie deal. And I think that's something, that's where you're going to see both a Bo Nix and a Michael Penix picked at the very back of the first round. And I have a belief the general managers that pick them are going to think they got the steal of the draft because those quarterbacks both have a wealth of experience, elite production, and some top, si and some top side tools and measurables. So, you know, you can get some real value at quarterback middle and late in the, fir late in the first round. And these could be guys that could be franchise-level quarterbacks, and it wouldn't shock me if any of the three guys I mentioned turned out to be a franchise-level quarterback or close to it. Well, and, uh, Virginia Button, we mentioned McCarthy will be top five per, per Lance Erline, which wouldn't you know wouldn't shock me. Uh, but I also think that as we um, you know as, as we get past the combine, somebody's going to fall in love with some of these guys. Some of the guys that we thought were going to go high. Uh, real high. Yeah, I like Penix a lot. Uh, I wonder how you know his measurables are going to be when they get to the combine. But I mean, his decision making is really good. And you know, and somebody brought up a good point that you know we don't really know about McCarthy because they were defense in a run game. Uh, you didn't need him to be Michael Penix and no. go, go out there and throw the ball all over the yard. And also, Michael Penix had uh, a receiver who's probably top ten. Uh, who was a go-to guy, and that's always helpful. Uh, but, you know, I, I, like I said, the, the Jaden Daniels thing to me, I think once he gets to the combine, he's going to test through the roof. If they can tighten up that, that loopy release of his, which I think they can, uh, then I think he will be uh, terrific. He does make good decisions. He's athletic. Uh, and, and then, you know, as far as Caleb Williams goes, I, uh, I'm kind of out on Caleb Williams. I think some of the stuff that came out last year near the end of the season uh, really makes me question his leadership abilities. Makes me think he's a little bit of a pussy, to be honest. And I don't want that guy as my quarterback. Now, Drake may have seen a lot of, uh, but I don't feel like I know anything about him because he, he, you know, looks the part. He's got all the skills. Uh, but even from the games I've watched, I just don't think I, I learned anything about him. So that's another one. I think he'll test through the roof because he's got that Mitch Trubisky size, you know? Mm-hmm. Hopefully you don't get Mitch Trubisky results in the NFL. But, again, you know, the Drake May thing is interesting because there's a guy in a system where those quarterbacks always produce. Then you bring him to the NFL and, well, not as much. So, you know, it remains to be seen on Drake May. Again. It, you know, you pointed out, you go back to Jaden Daniels and you point out the loopy release. I'll go back to my Lamar Jackson analogy. 
Do you remember how long Lamar Jackson's arm motion was when he came out of college? Yeah. Small thing like that, they can fix it. They, they will clean up some of the mechanics and some of the rough edges on an otherworldly athlete. You know, you turned me on to him, and, you know, I ended up watching a lot of him. And I went back and watched some old stuff, and he's got every skill you need from a quarterback. And you can design and win with him now. You know, we go back to Penix and we talk elite production. You know, elite production, good, excellent arm talent, measurables are a question, and the injuries are a question. That's a guy who's had a couple of torn ACLs. So, you know, again, that's what knocks him down. Bo Nix moved over to Oregon and did amazing things after he got out of, out of that spotlight at, at Auburn. Guy's got a lot of ex him and him and Penix both have that experience. You know, they got 40 they, and I got 40 odd starts in college football. That makes you ready to hit the ground running. What did Parcells say? Man, if you if you don't have 30 starts in college, I don't want to draft you as my quarterback. And we've seen how many times these guys with no experience come in and it takes a while to get it together. And that'll be a leg up for Penix and Nick <laughs> at the back of the first round or early second. The total Dallas says Caleb W gives me Bo Callahan vibes from Costner's draft day. One of the worst movies ever, but yeah, good call. Good call on uh, Bo Callahan. But I, uh, you know, the, the other thing I, I would just mention uh, when you get to a guy like Daniels, I'm not criticizing his coaching staff for not fixing that in college. That's a, uh, I mean, the guy, a guy won the Heisman trophy. So that's not the time to fix it. You know, no. I mean, that, that's when you get to the pros, you worry about that. And, and a lot of times we see that. And the other thing I'll say about Bo Nix, um, you know, my, my comparison for him career path wise is uh, Joe Burrow, because Burrow wasn't anything at Ohio State. And he really wasn't anything until, but the experience. And by his senior year, the light was on. And Bo Nix is not the same quarterback he was at Auburn. And I know a lot of SEC people are like, Oh, Bo Nix isn't very good. So you have not watched him. This is not the same guy. He has gotten better, just like Joe Burrow did. So, yep. uh, um, you know, and yeah, so I'm not saying he's going to be Joe Burrow. But, um, you know, I, I think that there's, you know, that's kind of his career arc in college. So, Joey B wants to know uh, who we think, if we think the Jets can afford to put Penix behind Rodgers for two years. And that's not a horrible idea. No, they, they they just don't do it in today's NFL very much where you're going to draft a quarterback anywhere in round one and, and have him sit for two years. But if there were any situation to do it, might not be a bad idea. He's a good guy to learn from. Whether he's interested in teaching you is something else. You know, Aaron Rodgers has never been the mentor type. Aaron Rodgers is going to come in, go work, win games play great, he ain't going to mentor his replacement. That's not what he does. So, you know, Penix will learn by sitting and watching and the coaching staff helping him, but he ain't going to learn anything from Aaron Rodgers taking him, putting his arm around him and saying, here, kid, let me show you why I did this, because that's not Aaron Rodgers. He just, ain't, he just ain't wired that way. No, and almost nobody does that. And, I mean, if you draft a quarterback high – uh, you're going to get him in there. And even if you're a mid-round first or something like that, um, you're going to wind up starting at some point early. Uh, it, by, week eight of the, uh, by week eight of your rookie season, usually at the latest, correct? Yeah. And the reality is when you look at uh, where it's worked, I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith for a year. Uh, that was a perfect situation. And the Packers have now done it three times with – Favre and then Rodgers and now uh, Jordan Love. And, you know, it looks like Love may be the guy for him. Flips A and C Wave equal Jamarcus R. I, I'm not going to go that, that far. Jamarcus Russell is like one of the um, – yeah, that's one of the all-time busts. I don't think he's going to be that. I just don't no. know that he, he's going to be an elite NFL quarterback. But, you know, you mentioned the sit-behind, and you mentioned – the Packers seem to have a patent on it. They've done it three times. Uh, the Chiefs did it once. It's now a few years ago. Nobody else does it anymore. It's just not done. 
So I would be surprised in a league based with the way the salary cap is, with the way contracts are, it is an extremely win-now league. You really can't groom a quarterback for two years waiting for him. The window for the Jets to win is right now. That was why Aaron Rodgers was brought in. They had everything else in place in their mind. They needed the quarterback. He lasted four snaps. That was the end of the season. So they need to win now. Two years from now, based on the you sit Michael Penix behind him for two years, I don't know what that roster will look like. They could be in salary cap hell by that time, and they could be in some type of retooling or rebuilding. So in 2024, drafting a quarterback in the first round to sit behind somebody and, and learn just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, and uh, Total Dallas mentioned Steve McNair sat while still in Houston. And, you know, that they used to do that all the time. But the difference now is, and especially if you're a first-round quarterback, you know, once you start the clock on that rookie deal, you want to use those guys because, yeah. uh, you know, you don't want them to sit for three years and then they play one, and then you got to make a decision. And if the guy kicks ass, you wind up overpaying for him. And if he winds up not being very good, then you got to go to the fifth-year option. So he's got two years to be good. And yes, I get why teams don't do that. I mean, back back in our day, Total Dallas, um, you know, you remember when the Cowboys drafted Aikman? They also took Steve Walsh, if I remember correctly. That's correct. Steve Walsh in the fourth round. I think it was a supplemental fourth round pick, right? Yeah. And and I mean, the whole thing is like one of these guys is going to hit. And, you know, when the former Redskins, they were Redskins when they drafted him. Mama called them Redskins. I'm going to call them Redskins. Uh, when they drafted RG3 and then Kirk Cousins in the same draft. And then people are criticizing him. I I think with some teams, I mean, we don't know on these quarterbacks. Nobody thought C.J. Stroud would come in and be this good. Nobody thought Bryce Young would suck that much the first year. You just don't know. And and we don't know whether that's the real guy, right? I I don't think that's Bryce Young. I think he'll get better. Uh, And I I think C.J. Stroud's going to be a very good quarterback. I don't yeah, I don't know how much better he can play than he did last year as a rookie. Yeah, he was tremendous. I mean, yeah. with with the standard growth that you would expect just from more experience on the NFL level, some better weapons, they're gonna keep they're gonna keep the play caller. You know, the sky's the limit for him. For Bryce Young, again, he did not play well, but a lot of that was on, on that offensive philosophy. The lack of weapons. I mean, they they had no speed. I mean, right. you, you know, they made uh, they made Adam Thielen their number one and go to target. Adam Thielen couldn't get couldn't run away from me. Hmm. You know, so a, a lot of a, a lot of Bryce Young's issues were you know, Frank Reich is the head coach, not turning over the play calling duties to the offensive coordinator. Then he did one good game, one bad game. He took him back. Then he got fired. And they had no speed on the outside. And what little speed they had, they didn't use. So it was just a disaster from go. So I won't put a lot of it on him. You know, if if he stinks again this year, well, then you start looking at him. Yeah. Um, and one more topic I want to get to uh, on quarterbacks before we wrap it up. But – uh but first, I want to talk to you about Piper's Plumbing. And uh, 832-632-2583. Uh, Joseph and his company uh, do a great job. Uh, my neighbor, they came up and did some work from him. He was thrilled. Uh, I've done some work for Brandon. And uh, they're located in Nassau Bay. Uh, and, you know, they take care of everything, whatever it is. If you've got uh, plumbing needs, water heater replacement, uh, drain clog blockage, any of that stuff. They take care of it for you. So uh, please give them a call. And uh, Joseph is a, a good friend and uh, listens to the show all the time. Longtime blitzer. 832-632-2583. Okay, so last one. Uh, a lot of talk about the – and I, I, I'm starting to buy into this. Justin Fields to the Steelers, and then the Bears take a quarterback. Your thoughts? I think it makes perfect sense for the Bears. I I think we've seen enough of Justin Fields that I'm not convinced he's your 
Yeah, he's the kind of quarterback that's taking you to the promised land. I, I don't think he's ever going to be an elite quarterback. He may be a middle of the pack towards top 10 starter at his height. And I'm not even sure he gets the top 10. I think it'd be a middle of the pack starter. So if you've got a chance to draft at the very top of the draft, draft a quarterback, go ahead and do it. You just better hit on this one. Uh, trade, trade Justin Fields, get whatever draft capital you can. Makes perfect sense for the Bears. I, I think it's a very smart move for the Bears. For the Steelers, well, is he an upgrade over Kenny Pickett? Yeah. But, again, are you getting a quarterback that can really get you to where you want to go? You want to get to the promised land. Is he a quarterback unless absolutely everything is perfect that's going to get you to the promised land? I see nothing that tells me yes. So if I'm the Steelers, I'm not doing that. If I'm the Bears, I'm doing it in a heartbeat because I got a chance to reboot the quarterback position while my team stinks and I can – put together this rebuild from the ground up, and if I hit it right, I get a stud quarterback. If I hit it wrong, well, I won't be there to fix it again because there'll be a new GM doing what I did two years ago. Yeah, I, I think he would be a, a good uh, a good fit in Pittsburgh. He would be an upgrade, and that's a pretty good team already. And I think that uh, the way they do their offense, he'd run the ball a lot more, and I think that, that would, you know, they like to possess and – uh, so I think he'd be a good fit in Pittsburgh. Are they winning a Super Bowl with him? No. But, I mean, they made the playoffs last year, and Pickett's terrible. Uh, and then, you know, I don't know if I'm, I'm the Bears, though, and I do that and draft Caleb Williams and be like, okay, you passed on some really good players to get a guy that I don't know about. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> apparently Flea is trying to get uh, mentioned Hendon Hooker, and it keeps getting flagged in the chat. <laughs> uh I guess we can't talk about hookers in the chat. Damn. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, he, he's another one that I, I like sitting a little bit. And I think, well, and he had the injury too, so he needed to. But he's also an older guy. And I think when he's ready, yeah. And then uh, somebody asking for a hockey play tonight. I'm leaning uh, Los Angeles Edmonton over. Uh, I got to do a little more, little more research because, you know, like I said, my, my head has sucked all day. So, uh, one more person I want to think about that is I had a really good conversation with Jerry Bow. It was either Friday or Saturday. I don't remember which day, but I mean, he really helped me focus on some things and talk about some things. And uh, he was really helpful with this too. So uh, fortunately I have some really good friends. I mean, I, I have some others that are, are out of my life right now. Uh, I'm, I am definitely, you know, closing that circle, but um, I've got a few that I really you know, trust who are looking out for my best interests and who are going to, you know, help me through this the best way they can and, you know, remind me of stuff and, and keep me focused. And so that's what we're going to do. And we'll see what happens. I mean, hopefully, hopefully it all works out. Anyway, Joe, great show, brother. Glad you were here. Uh, we'll do this again. I haven't, I, I just haven't made any decisions on how we're going to do the podcast moving forward besides the, the Monday, Thursday, Friday. I am going to add another show because I like doing this. I like having Joe on. Uh, I like having Greg on. I like uh, Jermaine. I like rotating everybody like that. So we will, you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but anyway, great stuff, man. Appreciate you. Hey, man, anytime. You you know, you pick up the phone, you call me, I'm there. Anything you need, I got your back, brother. You, you try and be strong. You try and tough this through. And let's come out the other side and and have a better tomorrow. Well, I mean, if the other side is what I saw while I, I wasn't breathing, then fuck yeah, I want to come out on the other side. It was badass. But, you know, uh, that probably probably because I have an alien brain now. And somebody was asking, does the alien have a, a name now? Barnaby. I'm calling him Barnaby. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. I, I, I think we just came up with uh, your next book, what you saw, what you saw while you were uh, not breathing. Oh, man, you know what? I should, like, get a Netflix series and get a bunch of uh, people who have had those experiences and tell their stories. And then, like, mine would be episode 10. And we would... just came up with your next project, Fred. And there you go. Uh, so if anybody wants to fund this Netflix project, uh, it'll be really cool when we turn on Netflix and it's, like, number one in the U.S. today. Because people, yeah. people eat that shit up. That and alien stuff. And, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So anyway. you do the reenactments, you know, the the dramatization yeah. reenactments of, of of what you saw. That that stuff is really cool. I'm telling you, this is your next project. Now we got something to work on. Yeah. See, see, you learn something every day, and then if you're me, you forget it. All right, guys. Uh, thanks. So Write much. it down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, we will be back on Thursday with AJ. I was supposed to be out in uh, uh, at uh, TK Bitterman's, but I'm not going to be doing the show out until at least next week. Uh, I don't even know if I'm going out. Somebody's asking, was I going to the UH thing? Uh, hopefully by March 7th, I'll be able to do it. Uh, just even walking a few blocks the last few days, it's like I, my head starts spinning and I have to, I have to slow down. But by then, I should be fine. Um, we'll see. But anyway... Uh, you guys are great, man. I appreciate all of you. Thanks for putting up with me. And uh, we'll we'll do this again on Thursday. And until then, you know, stay sportsy. Golf Coast Badasses. <laughs>